Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law. And the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed. And, uh, well, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I. it's not just because of all the beautiful cars out here. Uh, Chris Rooney, good morning, Chris. How are we doing, Denny? We're doing quite well, thank you very much. Chris is uh, holding forth down at the uh, the Cicio Studios, and I do believe you have some guests to uh, talk uh, talk with this morning as well. Beautiful day. Not only here, but uh, pretty much all of uh, the Twin Cities and surrounding area. What are we going to be doing on the show today? Yeah, hey, this is uh, Mr. Prasky is uh, hiding out in Florida, so uh, we brought some other people. He's actually enjoying his uh, daughter for a couple days. Uh, they're in a tournament in Florida. Uh-huh. Same tournament that my daughter ends up going to, That's but for some right. reason I don't get to go. So <laughs> Why uh, is that? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But uh, I brought in uh, Bruce Adoba. Bruce Adoba is with Remax Preferred. Also happens to be my brother-in-law, uh, married to my uh, youngest sister, and has uh, been in real estate. How long have you been in real estate now? Fifteen years. It's fifteen. Jeez, he came from. Uh, I, I, it's, it's kind of interesting, actually. You came from. Uh, As a probation officer, yep, in yeah. the corrections field. So my my running joke is I've been putting people in housing my whole career. <laughs> some has bars, some doesn't. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's it's kind of interesting because you sold some houses to some of your past uh, clientele. Yes, I have. Yeah. So you must have done good for him, helped him out, and got him on the right track. That's yes. a great story. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really interesting. We also got Darren Kirby Kymen. Can we go with Kirby? Um, we're doing old home week here, I think. You know, Kirby, I've grown up with Kirby um, since second grade. He uh, he was my lineman. Now, it's kind of like the roles have maybe switched a little. I kind of look like a lineman. But uh, back in, uh, in, in grade school through high school, and uh, he's with Amec and uh, loan officers. So we appreciate you coming, Curb. Thanks for having me here. And then we also got, uh, we're going to talk about some developments today and um, how developments come about. And uh, one of the developments that uh, we're uh, proud to kind of be co-marketing with is in Aspen Creek in Prescott. And uh, it's my uncle's development. And uh, you actually, you bought the land how long ago, Dan? In 1978. In 1978. So it then started developing it. In 2003. Yeah, and we were talking. Actually, Bruce's son graduated, and we were sitting at uh, the graduation party. And that's another thing we can talk about, all the improvements people do. 
uh, the graduation parties. They should sell their house like right after that. My house was pretty much ready to go on the market. I know. I, I it had was a pre- real, it was pretty great. long list of things I had to do. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to go home and paint my garage after, after seeing that. But uh, anyways, um, so we, we grew up. Um, Dan owned this property, and there's there's a river down there. Now, I remember it a little differently, and, and Dan looks at me like I'm crazy, but I remember canoeing down this river, but he's saying maybe an inner tube? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> so. <laughs> it seemed like a pretty darn big river to be back then. But you've kind of been developing this land uh, over a long period of time and kind of creating it into what it is today. Yeah. At, at the end of my 30-year teaching career, we, we had this farm for quite some time, and so... The market seemed to suggest uh, there that people would like to live out there, and so we went for it. And fortunately, we hit a hot market early on. Yeah, it hit it hard. Recession. Yeah, and then that um, and that's what happened to a lot of people, and a lot of developments hit that. Um, I'm actually dealing with one, uh, another two of them, kind of in the South Metro area as well. That the exact same thing happened. And then what does when you get in the middle of that? So a development, I mean, it's going bang, gangbusters. I mean, and doing great, and I'm selling them off. I mean, you were getting an average of how much a lot back before the recession? Well, the first 26, uh, average of 110,000. 110,000. Now this is in Prescott. Right. I mean, they're, they're acreage, they're acreage parcels. I mean, it's a beautiful area, so I mean, it makes sense to do it. But then, since then, where are we now? Well, now the. Asking price is an average of $58,000. $58,000, which is, uh, you know, and, and here's, what, here's what happens on these developments, that people think there's something wrong, you know, and all that happened was the market shifted. And when the market shifted, then there's extra lots that sat, and then new developments came on, and so people all went to those because what they typically do, and Bruce, you can attest to this, that once you see sticks going up, you know, and, and other building things, it creates the excitement. And then everyone wants to be in it. But, yeah. Right. And timing is everything. I mean, I I see opportunities like that in today's market where you can come in and buy at, uh, you know, I mean, that's close to half the price that they were going for before. It's it's a good opportunity. Yeah. But people look at it like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. There there must be something wrong. And that's when the opportunities, you you should grab them. That's when the people make the money. It's the same thing that people were thinking during the recession, right? And, you know, oh, I'm afraid. What's the market going to do? Well, that ended up being the best time that people could ever buy. But a lot of people were afraid at that time. Right. And I think another thing that people start thinking is that maybe that development's going to go under and they're going to get stuck in something that's not going to be taken care of later. But in this one, hindsight is, is that you already got a lot of it out of there. And, I mean, now it's like, I mean, it, it's, it's positioned really, really good. Now it's kind of like, hey, yeah, let's sell them. But it's not like it's, it's going to go out of business. No. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's solid. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about that development. And uh, when, we, when I talk about uh, developments, I typically look at there's, there's a lifestyle that goes with it. You know, and sometimes, you know, lower-priced developments, uh, you don't get as many as amenities. And then there's other developments that you're paying three to $500,000 for, for a lot, and you're getting a whole ton of stuff, you know. But this one is, is sits up real high and overlooks the whole river valley? Yeah, it's on a bluff above the what's called Big River, about seven yeah. miles east of Prescott. And um, very scenic because of the bluffs. And wildlife. A lot of wildlife. In fact, in the last month, there's been two bear sightings and one bobcat sighting 
Bruce, you would love that. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's time to buy a lot. <laughs> I, I, I love that kind of land with the rolling hills and the trees, and there's a lot. That's of Wisconsin there in also. general. Right. I mean, Wisconsin is beautiful that way. Absolutely. And it, it's all within 30 minutes driving from downtown St. Paul and 45 minutes from the airport. So it's pretty, I think, unusual to, to have that kind of setting that close. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Area. Yeah. And then, you know, and building nowadays, I mean, uh, building prices have gone up, you know, for the sticks have gone up and uh, in the prices in the metro area have gone up. I mean, you just take a little jog out to Wisconsin, you know, Prescott. I mean, we're just barely over the barely over the river uh, in there and uh, be able to get something that, I mean, truly affordable. I mean, price ranges from. Well, from forty seven thousand to one hundred and sixty. Yeah. And that that hundred and sixty one, uh, I've yeah walked that one pretty All good. All the rest are seventy and below. Yeah, and seventy thousand below. For that one. Yeah, you know that's uh, you know so uh, as far as covenants go and things like that, and for the listeners, um, covenants are restrictions that uh, developers put on uh, their land because typically they want a, a certain size house that goes on there. But what's unique about your um, development is that there's all different types of styles of homes. Yes. Yeah. Which is great. And the other thing is, the, I think probably uh, one of the greatest advantages is that you're willing to take a contract for deed and people don't need to build right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for as little as 10% down, uh, they, they can own the land and, and hold on to it as long as they want until they're ready to build. Yeah. And so that, you know, for less than 5000 down payment, uh, they can own the land. Yeah. And that, I'll tell you, people, that is very unusual. That that doesn't happen. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, when you when you do get opportunities um, like this and say you're, you're looking maybe to uh, build or downsize or get out into the country in even five years, you know, you can grab today's pricing and be able to, you know, pay it off as you're going and then be able to build at that time. So, Bruce, the market, I don't know, if, how are we doing on... This is weird when Denny's not here. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let me jump in here. Okay. And let's uh, let's do our usual break. It's okay. about that time. It looked like that. It, uh, very good. Uh, call us or uh, text us if you have uh, any kind of a real estate question. Again, it's the same number, the phone number and the text number now, identical, 651-989-9226. Call it in or text it in, and we'll uh, head to this uh, quick break. Uh, Back to the 50s weekend here at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, the 46th annual. And we'll talk more real estate when we come back. Here's 70 in the Twin Cities here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back. We are happen to be, at least I am, at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds at our CCO Broadcast Center celebrating the 46th annual Back to the 50s weekend. Meanwhile, back in downtown Minneapolis at our studios, uh, Chris Rooney's holding there with uh, his guests. Now, let's a continue crew. on it and the whole crew. And again, if you have a real estate question, I always want to remind our listeners, we always like to feel those either by phone or by text. Same number, 651-989-9226. Chris? You know, we always kind of do real time what the market is like. Um, and one of the things that we've been seeing a lot uh, in, in multiple offer situations, Bruce, you tend to get in a lot of those. Uh, that your clients are fighting for them or on fighting on your listings. And uh, there's a, something out there that's called an escalation clause. Why don't you kind of explain what that is, and uh, we'll kind of talk about the goods and bads of it. Yeah, so an escalation clause is something that's becoming more and more common in this market, especially, especially the more affordable homes. 
what happens is is buyers have um, gone through the process of making an offer previously and ended up losing out multiple offers. So they write up language that says they will beat any other offer by a given amount. It might be $2,000 above any other offer that is presented. What are you seeing on that? I mean, a thousand. I see a thousand. I see two thousand. We've been getting some now that have been five thousand. Yeah, the last one I had was they would beat any other offer by two thousand five hundred. And I think the reason they want to do that is because obviously, one, they want to make their offer at least a little better, but maybe some other other terms aren't as good. So they want to even if another offer has better, more money down, or a better type of financing, or a closing date that works a little better, they want to still make their offer better than any other one by you know having. A, a little bit of separation in price. How about a couple of things that happen on here, and I know you've been through it, and so have I. That two people do the escalation clause. Yeah, so that's an interesting scenario. If that actually happens, um, then uh, there should be language that's written into the escalation clause that puts a price cap on it. So, um, if uh, somebody writes an escalation clause, they may be willing to go over the list price by twenty thousand, but not beyond that. Well, if you get two escalation clauses at the same time, that essentially those escalation clauses compete against each other and they both automatically go to their cap, which is also why it's important that there is a cap written into there because if there's not, essentially that price kind of goes on to infinity. Yeah. And, you know, from a seller standpoint, I mean, I've gotten mixed reactions on it. Some are like, oh, wow, this this is cool. And then some of the other ones are like, well, you know what? This other person came in with their best foot forward. Right now, and now all of a sudden, this guy says, "Hey, I'll give you full price, or I'll give you a thousand more than anyone else will give you." It's kind of one of those things. Is it really worth a thousand dollars? Right, and I've had sellers too that don't like it, and in typically with the escalation clause too, you're in a multiple offer situation when that happens. Um, it, you, there's a clause that's written in there that says they have to provide proof of other offers subject to the buyer's review. So, you know, that can be uh, very, you know, that can be a question, like it's kind of a, a contingency there. So whenever I receive a, an escalation clause, I automatically counter back right away with the actual price that we want to accept. So we're, that we're not actually signing right. off on the language on the on the escalation clause, we're, we're firming in on this is the price it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's two problems that arise. That that I've found, and uh, Kirby, this one's for you, is uh, appraisal issues. Yes, appraisals, you know, we work closely with the realtors, and, you know, hopefully we have uh, looked at comps so we can support the value when we're trying to bid higher to get it for our client. Um, you know, but sometimes that doesn't hold true. So uh, there has to be a, a line somewhere, you know, the house is worth what you're willing to pay for it, but we... When we have lending, we have to support that with what has previously sold and been recorded. And this time of the year in the hot market, you know, the the recordings with the counties are behind and it's uh, hard to keep up with everything. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, these offers are done in real time and then uh, appraisals are done uh, whenever it, it's sold. So that, that might have that other property, if we're dealing with them right now, say June 20th, you know, that other property that might have just closed the end of, of May – so we can use it as comp, more than likely sold in March. So we're we're doing March pricing to June 20th pricing. And and we've talked a lot on this, on this uh, program about pricing segments. And sometimes there's a rush on them. 
And then all of a sudden those those prices shoot up, and that's that's market value. It means what someone's willing to sell for, what someone's willing to pay for it is market value. But it's different with the appraisal. It's based on what the, you're proven to the bank. Correct, correct. So the appraisers have to work with what the county has got currently recorded, and that's always behind, you know, usually about 60 days. So, um, you know, they're doing their best. They want the deals to go through, but – um, when the values uh, aren't being supported because the recordings are behind, it's hard for them to come up with the correct number on today's actual market price. So, Yeah, the other factor that plays into that is we're in a, a market where prices are increasing. So if all the recent sales comps are lower prices, how does, how does an appraiser adjust for when now the prices are going up? And we're going to see ones that are selling more than – uh, you know, the other homes have sold over the last six months. Exactly. And a lot of our appraisals now, instead of seeing three comps, we're seeing five or six so they can help document and support what they're what they're coming up with. And if, after the break, I know it's coming up, um, we can kind of talk about how, how to help the appraisers, you know, uh, be able to get that bigger value. But the other part is, is number two, the appraisal is one problem. It's renegotiating is the second problem with escalation clauses. All right, very good. Let's take uh, this break. We have another half hour of the show to go, so if you can call in or text in your real estate type of question. And good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show around every Saturday in the uh, 10 o'clock hour here on CCO. Uh, Chris uh, is in studio with some guests and, of course, Andy, not of course, but Andy's, he's gone. Now, Andy's going to be back. You guys are going to be a team again next week, I presume? I think we're coming back together. But Bruce Bruce is sounding pretty smart here, so... Oh, that's... I'm starting to wonder if it's me or if a it's me or Andy goes. Yeah, I think he called us the B team. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll get another doctor's opinion on that. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to the real estate. Of course, inviting our our listeners to call in or uh, text in if you have a real estate question, Chris. Yeah, we've been talking about uh, Aspen Creek Development, which is in in Prescott, Wisconsin. Um, lots are ranging anywhere from forty seven thousand to one hundred and sixty thousand. There's ten left. We're doing contract for deeds on them, only ten percent down. Uh, beautiful rolling. You even get a couple bear friends and maybe even a bobcat. Yeah, along with some and, uh, turkeys and some uh, and a class one trout stream that flows right down below. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That is that the one I did the cruise ship on. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or a canoe, or a, maybe a maybe a little floaty thing. But anyways. Um, we were talking about escalation clause before, and we were talking about that appraisal issues can happen, but we see a lot of renegotiating. When people start paying over full price and then they win, they immediately seem to have a regret and want to try to renegotiate. And so sometimes it happens with inspections. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been a more and more common thing and in this market. And one of the things that um, we've been doing sometimes is – uh, having some actual language in the purchase agreement about what happens if the property does not appraise for this now escalated price. And uh, we've been having putting together some language that says if it doesn't appraise for that price, the buyer will agree to cover the difference in cash, uh, which is what's needed um, if they're not going to be able to finance the whole amount. Uh, okay, Kirby, how does that affect the lender? I mean, if you see that clause in there that says, hey, if this thing doesn't appraise, so everyone's kind of thinking, hey, maybe it won't appraise, um, and then here's what we're going to do because of it, how does that affect not only the lender but probably the appraiser that gets those documents? Yeah, for the lender, um, we have to make sure then our clients have the liquid cash to do that. So 
Uh, if they're going to work with their agent and write that in, um, you know, I want to verify that they have the cash to go above and beyond if it doesn't appraise. So there's going to be some limits that I might want to have put in there as well. And the appraisers don't know the borrower situation. So, um, you know, they are only looking at what they can come up with their numbers. So um, they're going to do their best to give you an actual true price of what they have to work with. But uh, if the numbers aren't there, you're you're going to get it, and then it's up to us as the lender and the the buyer to come up with the difference. Yeah, and and find a solution. And so let's talk about a couple of those solutions. So if uh, I, I purchase a house, it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I it was listed at three twenty five. I went three fifty. The appraisal comes back at three hundred thirty thousand. What are my options? So the twenty thousand dollar difference, the borrower could pay right out of their pocket. Um, if they were putting 10% down, we could restructure and maybe have them put 10% down. Um, you know, that brings into play either private mortgage insurance or getting a second mortgage to cover that other 10%. So we have options there. It's when you have a borrower that is using one of the programs, putting 3% down or 5% down, and that's all the money they have, uh, then we have an issue because they can't qualify for it. Now, we could maybe look at getting a gift if someone's available to do that for them, but... Um, that doesn't always work out. So we have to be proactive in the beginning to make sure this is all going to work in the end. And I think there's a lot of disservice done to some buyers out there by um, sometimes the agents don't do that. Uh, What I mean by that is that what we need to do, you have to think like a seller. So what a seller is thinking is that, geez, I'm getting more money for it. That's fantastic. But what if it doesn't appraise? If you can give them that solution ahead of time or say, here's what we're going to do if this is the case that happens and it's a lender that ends up calling, you know, uh, maybe that that seller's agent and doing it, I'm telling you what, you've got one heck of a much better chance of getting that deal done because too many times we've dealt with where renegotiations start right away. Right. You know, and that's why I think it's important also to find out up front when you're a seller accepting an offer in a multiple uh, multiple offer situation. What is that buyer's ability to adjust if the appraisal is lower? Because you weren't asking for that much money. Now they're offering you more than you're asking for so that they get it. But what will happen if um, it doesn't appraise? And if you address that question up front, then you're not in that wide open renegotiation position if the appraisal does come in low. Right. And there's, so let's just say someone comes in, maybe you have four offers. And uh, maybe it's that three fifty and three twenty five scenario, and your best buyer, who's twenty percent down, um, you know, who's going to do a fast inspection period, is at three thirty, and the other one's at three fifty. You might really want to consider maybe going back to that three thirty and seeing what they can do and at what price they can go to. Um, to and it because it, it's one thing about selling the property; it's another thing about closing the property. You know. Exactly. And as a lender, you know, that's where I need to know exactly what abilities my client has, you know, so I can give you that information. If they really want the property, we're going to figure it out. Well, and here's the other thing is having that information ahead of time and they know because that's what scares buyers too is because they don't know. And so if you have a lender that actually sits down with you and explains that whole thing, understands the market and what the market is doing, you know, because these things, you're going to run into it. So if I'm, if I'm showing a person uh, houses in that 250 to 275 range south of the River Bruce, 
Uh, am I going to be competing against anybody else? Yes, most of, most of those are very competitive situations. Um, even sometimes, depending on the condition of the property, even in, if they're not in great condition, they can be very, very competitive. And I've been seeing people doing uh, all kinds of things to make their offer better, uh, moving closing dates up to very, very short time frames, dropping inspection at times. I mean, they're doing other things in addition to just price to, to help. Be well, the one who and wins. Kirby, some people that aren't able to uh, have down payment money or be able to pay their closing costs are also coming in and starting to do a little higher rate, right? Exactly. So, so not know. make the seller pay for that and then thus get their appraisal up. Right. And that's where, you know, um, we can help that looking at if they took a little bit higher rate, we can help pay some of the closing costs. Um, you know, that doesn't work if you have a client doing a down payment assistance program. The rates are fixed by them, particular programs. But if it's a buyer that has their own money, um, we have things we can look at. And that's things that I like to discuss ahead of time so they know what they're getting into. Yeah, down payment assistance programs, they're still around? Uh, yeah, there's there's still a few. You know, Minnesota Housing is one of the big ones uh, that we use a lot of. Um, it's a great program for first-time home buyers, And actually, first-time home buyer doesn't mean it's your first home. It means you haven't owned a primary residence in the last three years. Right, exactly. So what do you get for, what is down payment assistance? How much do you get? Um, there's different programs, but the main program, um, which is a monthly payback program, you can get up to $15,000. It's set over a 10-year period, and it's the same rate as the first mortgage. Hey, Dan, they can buy three of your lots for that on a contract for deed. <laughs> they could. <laughs> <laughs> you got first-time homebuyers looking in Prescott. We got you. We yeah, got you we covered. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, we've been talking about Aspen Creek, escalation clauses, fun stuff with uh, multiple offers, but uh, – um, what do you think, Dan? I know there's a, a little something we were kind of talking about just in the little in the break here about uh, another little picturesque property out there in uh, Prescott, hundred sitting on a hundred acres. Someone yeah, wants a little more land. Yeah, uh, my wife and I have a, a hundred acre farm on the Trimbell River, about oh ten miles east of Aspen Creek, or about oh fifteen miles east of Prescott. Yeah, um, and very scenic bluffs. Uh, the river runs through it. it right down the middle of it. Um, and it and winds got, around with the roads and stuff. It's it really does. Cool. Yeah. And it uh, it has an older house, but it's uh, been remodeled and a kind of a classic old barn, Yeah, uh, over a 100-year-old barn. Well, that's barn. what I've always wanted is a barn. I don't know if I can I, – I, a red barn. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I've always wanted a red barn and then a long driveway. Anybody else? No? Yeah. Good red barn to go <laughs> with your colors of your uh, real estate. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I could put my sign on it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce, what else? What else do we got in the, as far as uh, when it comes to uh, multiple offers and what you know a seller should look for, and maybe what a buyer should kind of do to make it work for them? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're like a, we talked a little bit about closing costs, and that's one other thing that. Uh, is a factor for sellers when considering an offer. Uh, in uh, many of the multiple offer situations, you also see buyers not asking for closing costs. And part of the reason for that is that uh, when you are asking for closing costs, the price is usually actually a little higher to cover those. So now the, the home has to appraise for even a higher amount than what the seller is netting. And so I'm seeing more and more sellers ended, ending up dropping those as well. Yeah, you know, as, as a lender, you know, the client's going to come to me and they're going to have X amount of dollars to work with. And if they want to put their best offer forward, they're trying to figure out how to structure it. And, 
you know, getting some of the closing costs from the seller is less money out of their pocket, but also we are inflating the price if they're in multiple offers. So um, again, it, it comes down to, you know, an appraisal issue and can we make this work? And if we can't, we have to know what our backup plan is. What is the maximum they're going to be able to make to get the deal done? Tell you what, it's time for a break. Let's do that. Again, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate type of question, call it in or text it in. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. And welcome back to our real estate show here on 830WCCO. Chris is uh, holding down there in the studio. Meanwhile, Denny Law here at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. We are having fun at the uh, Back to the 50s weekend, the 46th annual. Uh, we were here last year and hope to be here next year, too, because this is a, this is a fun event. Meanwhile, Chris, you guys are having fun there in the studio. Yeah, it was it was fun out there. We went out there last year uh, with you and then uh, visited all the cars. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not really a car guy, but it was really, really neat. Well, we'll, we'll have you out here next year. Okay. All right. all right. Thanks. Good. This, this is kind of like Lindis' uh, big party that we didn't get invited to. Yeah, <laughs> so it's getting to be it's getting to be a normal thing here. Yeah, all right. We got a text question on a contract for deed. Who pays the property taxes, and what happens with improvements to the lot if the buyer defaults? Interesting. So, number uh-huh. one on a contract for deed, it's just like you're financing with the bank, and so you would be res- the buyer would be responsible for the property taxes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, how about what if someone did? What if they put uh, they decided, hey, I want to put a bunch of trees on here? Well, they. They would talk to this the seller, yep. in this case me, and uh, I would almost certainly be fine with that. Uh, however, if they were to default and the property comes back to me, the trees would stay there. The trees would stay, yeah. yeah. And a typical contract for deed, what happens is that you have to get approval from the seller to do anything. That's a big difference between bank financing and contract for deed because what happens is that they put the trees on there and didn't pay for them. Mr. Dan is going to end up having to pay for him. Right. Um, yeah. So that's 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 why they do that. Um, again, on Aspen Creek, what do we got? That we got. What's the deal? Ten percent down. Just yeah. Contract just ten percent on a contract for deed. Yeah. And the the reason people like to do that is because then they don't have to bother with a bank to to get a lot loan. And then when they're ready to build their house, eventually they will roll the what they owe me on the contract for deed into their construction loan and pay me off. That's a, that's yeah, a so simple for, process, right? Simple Kirby? process. And, you know, for lenders, um, just to verify, um, you do register your contract deeds with the county, correct? Yes. Perfect. Because that makes it easier for us so we can see that everything was legitly done. Um, and, yeah, when we come in with construction financing, then we would pay off that contract for deed, and that would be part of the construction part of it, um, which we do have one-time close programs that uh, all comes in at the end. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic um, uh, property, and I'll tell you what what's what's the easiest way to go find it? Well, I'd say Google uh, and just ask for directions to five hundred and sixty sixth Avenue, Prescott, Wisconsin, and. 566th Avenue is Aspen Creek. It yeah. goes through the development. So it'll that's, take you right there. That's what I always tell everyone. And it, it's a, you don't have to have an exact address, but you say that 566th Avenue, Prescott, Wisconsin. It uh, it brings you right into it and you got to get a good feel for it. And we also, it's all over our Facebook pages. So it's under Chris Rooney or Rooney Home Experts or our Real Estate Radio Hour 830 magazine. And then contact information is also at andyandrooney.com. Kirby, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is my cell phone, 
363-8221. If you do go to uh, Amec Home Loans um, and put in either Darren, which is my legal name, D-A-R-I-N. Or, that's, your, that's your name. It is. Okay. It is. But I've gone by Kirby for many, many years. Uh, yeah. I spell it C-U-R-B-Y. So if you put that in, I am the only one in there under Kirby, and you can find me that way. And I think people, too, I mean, that want more information. We always are. All of our shows are podcasted, and so they're always available the next day on radio.com. Bruce, info? Yep, so I, I can be reached at on my cell, 952-240-5381, or my, last, uh, my email address, bhadoba, that's H-U-D-O-B-A, at remax.net. Yeah, and then, Kirby, how big thing now is refinancing. Rates keep continuing yeah, to fall. rates are coming down. The values um, go up. And values are going up, so lots of opportunities. Um, you know, one thing that uh, I just a quick story I had is a client who had come into about a hundred thousand um, dollars. Tried to do a recast with his current lender. Uh, what's a recast? Meaning uh, he wanted to put the hundred thousand dollars on the principal and get a new payment, and that's not something that normally gets done. You have to refinance and pay down your your principal balance. Um, in this case, uh, he had started with a thirty year mortgage and had already paid for four and a half years and. Um, you know, it didn't make sense to go back to a 30-year, so we were able to get him an affordable payment and a lower rate by putting him into a 15-year mortgage. So worked out good for him in the end. Yeah, and a 15-year. The, the, less, the less risk to a lender, long-term risk, the better the rates. Correct. Shorter right. the rate, the better it is. Yep, exactly. So that there's an opportunity, you know, for people that maybe still have mortgage insurance. Um, that they might find that that the values have gone up, and maybe you can cut off a bunch of years off your mortgage, and maybe still keep that payment right around where it was, or a little more. Absolutely, yeah. And that's and that's a big thing. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I look back and I, I look at uh, Jack Cadoba, who just uh, graduated, and uh, fifteen years goes pretty darn quick. That's for sure. The yeah. Little, yeah, it just seems like uh, all these kids. What do you think, Dan? I mean, since the time I took that cruise ship down that uh, creek. <laughs> Uh, now all of a sudden uh, I can only bring energy. Yeah. I, I actually lived with your parents uh, when you were born, and uh, oh, you was, was, was there to oh, babysit oh, no. <laughs> while I went to college. Okay, that, that ex- no more stories. Hopefully the break's coming, Denny. So, so maybe the cruise ship. <laughs> oh, was I want to hear dog. more. <laughs> Let's hear more. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of uh, lots of good stories. So, well, good. Well, appreciate all you guys coming on and. Uh, Denny, what are, you're going to be back in studio next week, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Mo- most definitely, yes. Yeah. Unless, of course, I go out on a limb and buy one of these cars, which probably won't happen. Yeah. Or um, maybe head to, over to Aspen Creek and get yourself a lot. That a sounds, second home cabin. Yep. That sounds very intriguing. Yeah. yeah. How, did, how do we find out more about that? Well, I'll tell you what. You just if you could find all our Facebook pages and Real Estate Radio Hour 830 and a uh, bunch of the pictures, too. we got some good aerials on there. And uh, a real nice video. So there's only 10 lots left. Right. Yeah. Well, how about each, every individual, you guys in the studio, how do we get in touch with each one of you? Yeah. We hit on it. But let's just go to andyandrooney.com. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's just, us. Just like that. Okay. <laughs> that's us. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, plan on getting together next week back in the studio where you guys are now. Should we do that? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thanks very much. All right. Very good. 
Thank you, guys. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.